Welcome to the podcast on career development. I'm Danielle Goodrick and I'm Knowledge Product Manager at SIPS and joining me today I have Scott Dance from who's Director at Hayes Procurement and Supply Chain. Hi Scott. Hi Danielle, hi everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Scott's got over 18 years experience um, advising clients on workforce management solutions and he provides strategic leadership to Hayes Procurement and Supply Chain recruitment experts. Scott and I have worked together now for a number of years on the Salary Guide. We're in our sixth year now, Scott, which is amazing. Exactly. Wow, that is a long time, eh? <laughs> but I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, this year's so exciting. We've had so much, so many respondents, over 5,000 globally, and we're so pleased to be able to share the results with you this year. So today we'll be drawing on some of the findings from this year's salary guide and doing a deeper dive into some of the insights and Scott will be able to share some tips with you on planning um, your career. So Scott, we'll start off with some tips if we can. So what would be your top tips for um, those looking to prepare for the next step in their career? I think uh, not necessarily the next step, but actually the most useful thing to do is actually have a solid career plan in the first place. A uh, number of people that I, I speak to, if you ask them, what is your long-term career plan? They probably won't have one right now. They may have some thoughts. So you need to make sure that you actually set out your long-term goals. And that depends on where you are in your career. You may span five years, three years, or you might look at uh, where do I want to be in 10 years? Um, and then it's really important then to break them into short-term goals because actually if you set your sights on something too far ahead, it's quite hard to see where you're going to get to. So for example, if you wanted to be a CPO in 10 years time, that's quite a far away distance for someone that's a bit more junior. Actually break down what you need to do between that time, which will help bridge that gap. And it also keeps you motivated. So if you break down short-term goals and it may even be especially at the moment um it could be three to four week goals where do i want to be in four weeks what do i want to have achieved and then you can kind of then six months and then that should then work towards your long-term plan yeah and in terms of experience then um would you suggest moving sectors and roles would enhance your career um, I, I think that certainly, uh, and I think Malcolm has said this before as well, that for, from his career, um, that actually that's not a bad thing to do because you, you need to upskill yourself in certain areas. And actually, if you do want to be an aspiration to be a, a CPO, for example, or even a CEO in the long term, you need to have more strings to your bow than just perhaps looking after one category. Mm -hmm. um, looking after just supply relationship management, for example, or just contract management, you'd need to have skills and upskill yourself across all types of categories and all elements of a role of a procurement professional, which I think actually is probably changing on a week to week basis at the moment, yeah. um, given the, the status we're in and actually the publicity that procurement are getting in the right way. Mm -hmm. And the skills people need as well. I think we've obviously seen this year that soft skills have dominated the report from influencing to stakeholder management. Um, and that's only really been heightened by the current pandemic and will continue as well. So there's definitely um, space for new skills to be learned, like you say, and maybe changing roles will um, help to support that. So um, what advice would you give to candidates when they're looking to change jobs or organisations? What should they be looking for? Yeah, good, good question. Um, and I spent probably many years advising uh, different people on this um, across all different sectors, actually, not just 
necessarily procurement. I think that the key things that people are looking for um, these days are, first of all, um, are they the type of employer brand that I want to work for? And that doesn't just mean the name of the brand, i.e. do I know who they are? But actually is what do they believe in? What is their culture? What does it look like on their website? What do other people say about them? So Glassdoor reports, for example. Yep. And then as you look past that, is that what will that, what will that employer um, do for me to mm-hmm. an extent? So an important part of that is actually learning and training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could talk about more about SIPs training, for example. So a lot of candidates will ask an organization, are you going to pay and support my SIPs? I have a membership yep. on my training in order to upskill me. And actually those that do, will actually see um, people join them, mm-hmm. more people join them, but also retain them as well. Because actually, you know, and again, it depends on where you are in your learning curve, but actually, you know, partnering with SIPs to do your courses and um, your different qualifications and certifications will actually aid in the retention of staff. But actually, it, from a candidate point of view, you're far more likely to join that organization knowing that if they're willing to pay for your um, accreditations, then actually they have a real interest in mm-hmm. procurement and growing procurement. And the procurement function is actually perceived as a really integral part of that organization. And that will definitely help to attract staff. Definitely. And people feel invested in as well. But ultimately, the organisation will get a better outcome from that person as well if they're professionally trained. So thank you for that. Um, we continue to see every year that salary dominates um, being the most important factor when people are changing roles. And whether that will change, I don't know. But there's more to life than just what you get paid. And there's more things I'm sure that should be considered. Um, so what other factors in your opinion should candidates be looking for when they're looking at a new employer yeah so um salary i think will always be at the top of the agenda if i'm honest danielle um not many people will move for a pay cut um although that has changed over the recent years and we've seen a drop in salary being the dominant factor um because there are actually people do want a better content of work a better work-life balance Mm-hmm. Um, people will also look at career progression um, mm-hmm. and I think obviously that is top of the tree yeah. or at the moment in terms of so I, I think that you know, from a candidate point of view if I was going for an interview for a procurement role tomorrow apart from looking at as I said earlier around the culture of the, the organization I would be looking at um, you know, where would this role or where would I sit in the organization and how often do people get promoted um, what are, is your training policy? What are training courses do you have? Do you, again, support and work with SIPs? Do you have your own internal training? You know, how are you going to continue to develop me? And I, I guess that could be seen as a bit of a, an arrogant approach for someone that's looking for a new job. But mm-hmm. in reality, that is what's happening on a daily basis. Um, candidates are asking more questions back around, you know, how can you work um, how can you upskill me and, and why would I want to work for your organization? And that really needs to come across. I think, again, from a candidate point of view, other questions that you need to be looking at, you know, size of teams, what size spend will I be looking after? You know, how do, how do people change from categories? You know, or are you 
stuck and regimented for the next three years doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be asking about them. I'd also be asking about the perception of procurement within your organisation. Yeah. And I touched on that a little bit earlier because why would I want to go and work for a company where procurement, even in this day and age, even after all the publicity and positive publicity that we've had recently, to work for an organisation that is seen a bit more as a transactional type business function mm-hmm. or back office I've seen before. So actually, you want to be making sure that the employer that you're going to join is actually at the forefront of that company and is seen as a real leader mm-hmm. um, across all departments. Yeah. Make sure that then that gives you everything else that you want from upskilling, from you know, diverse work portfolio, etc. Definitely. Like you say, you want to feel valued where you work, but you want to have a voice and be able to make change. So definitely really important. I think as well, you touched on um, earlier about um, other than salary, there's benefits packages as well to consider and looking at the total package and whether they offer flexible working and things like that. All of those things are not just net salary, but do have an impact, don't they? Yeah, correct. Um, Again, if I talk about flexible working, and given that pretty much everybody and every organisation um, is flexible working at the moment to some degree, mm-hmm. um, there are obviously some that aren't. But from a procurement perspective, and most of the procurement professionals I see are, are working um, just remotely. Yeah. Um, which actually, yeah, is a real key benefit. And that's something that shouldn't be taken away when we go back to whatever the new norm may look like. And I guess from a candidate perspective, um, again, I would be asking about the breakdown of the package and what does it look like mm-hmm. and not necessarily asking about flexible working but what does that actually mean yeah. so as an example we know that from this time that we've had on lockdown so far that actually organizations are able to work remotely and flexible and actually the infrastructure is there in place now in most organizations that why would i want to join an organization that is going to go back to the old ways of working because yeah. that would show that they're not necessarily that innovative in the way they think and the way they work as a company. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're a procurement professional looking for a new role, why would you want to go join a company that's not forward thinking, I suppose? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think like you've touched on before about transparency as well. So it's, I think it's really important for organisations and for candidates when looking for a new role to understand the strategic goals of where the company's going and where procurement fits into that as well, would you say? Yeah, totally agree that. And, and it's making sure that, you know, you want to be joining the right company mm-hmm. um, for the right reasons. You know, a lot of people still, as I say, will join for salary. Um, and anyone that we speak to that is that is their sole motivator would almost take would almost take tell them to take a step back. Yeah. And actually look about the other reasons for wanting to move, because we all know when we get a pay rise, when we get promoted or we move jobs that we can quickly become acclimatized to spending the extra bit of money we've got. Yeah. Um, pretty, and, and that happens pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, especially probably within the first few months, to be honest with you, but actually then after that as kind of now BAU, shall we say, it's the actual work that's going to keep you there and mm-hmm. keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd advise any candidates looking for a role to look past salary. And I guess it goes from the outset of, building that career plan yes and you notice that when i spoke about it i didn't talk about salary one no way because actually if you are continually progressing your career 
the salary will catch up to the level you're mm -hmm. at, but actually you've got to upskill yourself. You've got to be showing the value that you add to the organisation before any of that happens. Definitely. Thank you, Scott. No, that really good points there. Um, career progression is really important to under 35s, obviously, for that reason, um, wanting to kind of get hit the ground running, get the experience they need to start moving up the levels and seeing the remuneration packages as well. Um, a promotion's not always available, though, within a team, and it may be not feasible to move organisations. It may be that a lateral move or further experience is needed. So, um, how can you approach this kind of subject with your employer um, and build this into your development plan? Yeah, good, good question. Um, I think that, again, it comes back to this transparency and the relationship and how you communicate with your manager. Uh, this should really uh, be built in from day one of your new, if you're starting a new role, um, around how does it look? Because hopefully you'd have asked those questions and have the answers at your interview stage. Yeah. If you're a current employee and you may have a new boss um, or you're not quite sure where your career is going, I think that, that hiring managers or line managers will actually much prefer you to be upfront around, you know, and it's okay to be unsure where you're going in your career as long as you have that honest conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, employers much prefer that than rather than, you know, asking if you're okay every day and you say yes and then all of a sudden they get a notice hand on, handed on their desk or virtually probably in some occasions at the moment and they don't really know why mm -hmm. um, and actually it could, be an, it could have been a quick fix earlier on. Mm -hmm. So I think that candidates and, and employees shouldn't be scared about asking that because ultimately you should be in charge of your own career rather than assuming that your boss and your company are taking care of it so i think that the whole piece on this is around owning your career and again that sets out in your career plan that you've done yourself that you believe in and sometimes you'll have to have to negotiate parts of that yeah. for, other, for other elements because not everything you believe in and want to do is going to happen because there are some cost elements around that mm -hmm. but but actually as long as you're working towards some sort of plan mm -hmm. that's fine and that should hopefully help you yeah and I guess as well when you are looking for the next step looking at your skills and gaps and things to work on as well would be um, an option through kind of gap analysis um, which SIPS offers on the training programs but also you've talked about mentoring before as well um, would mentoring be something that you should ask for? Yeah I mean I, I take you back to the first part of your question Danielle um, you're totally right in the skills gaps because sometimes it's really hard to identify what you think may be a weakness. Yeah. Um, especially. And sometimes it can be quite hard to take if your employer uh, or your boss says that you're weak at something that you don't believe in. It's about really taking an honest approach and an honest evaluation. Mm -hmm. It's You have to take these types of things as a learn. Um, often your, your employer or your boss aren't trying to be... Um, conflicting with you and they're not trying to um again push you down a certain path they're hopefully trying to help you and aid you in your yeah. career development so you need to then look at that and then work on how you can address those skills and actually some of the, the elements and a lot of the the courses um that sips run can help with certain parts of that yeah. for example contract management 
um, that might be an element of weakness. So actually, you can firm up with your boss that actually, if this is an area that I need to work on, then perhaps I could do an online course or speak to SIPs around how I upskill myself in that. Mm -hmm. um, if that isn't possible, then going back to the, the main part of your question around mentorship, then actually start asking about that part. And if there are mentorees and if there's a program, yeah, often these programs, especially in the large corporates, are running and have been running for a long, long time now. And actually, people forget that this is actually, again, these are running because they don't ask the question. Mm -hmm. So if there are certain weaknesses or certain gaps in your skills, why not ask if there is somebody in the organization that has those specific skills that you could, you know, be mentored by to upskill yourself? And I think that would be seen as a positive step, partly from your behalf and your career, but also from the employer that you're taking the initiative to actually try and, you know, make yourself better. Uh, and learn more, which obviously will have an impact on the overall organisation. Definitely, and I think you've made that quite clear. It's two-way, isn't it? It's not just down to the organisation um, to look at your development plan. It's for you to be proactive with things that you feel that you should upskill on, or skills for the future, or things that would enhance the team as well. Um, I think looking to the future is going to be key. Um, it's not just looking at the here and now. It will be what what's the next 10 years look like? What skills will you need for then? And how can you start to build that into your career plan? So thank you so much, Scott, as ever, um, all your top tips um, throughout the guide and on the podcast that we've recorded. Um, we hope you found them really valuable um, and can take some of those away and implement them. Um, we do the salary guide every year because we want to help you on your career journey. So we hope you find it really helpful. Um, you can follow the SIPS podcast channel um, with all the podcasts on um, the salary guide and other topics throughout knowledge. And you can access it at sips.org forward slash knowledge. And you can access the full SIPS Hay salary guide um, for all the regions that we cover at sips.org forward slash salary guide. So thank you for joining us today and we hope you join us again soon. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.